Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Schiller Hamilton podcast. Today, we have Charlie Corgan joining us. Hi, Charlie. Hey, what's up, man? How's it going? Doing well. Thanks for asking. Uh, Charlie's going <laughs> to talk to us about um, something in claims. It's it's pretty rare, but he thinks it's really important. So um, go ahead and explain to us a little bit about what you're going to talk about. It's not very, very common. It's also not particularly rare. Um, but what I would like to talk about briefly is a claim in South Carolina that is called loss of companionship. Um, a lot of, and there's no reason why you would know this, just if you're not an attorney, it doesn't affect most people's lives. But um, when a spouse is injured in South Carolina, um, the non-injured spouse who hasn't experienced the physical injury, for example, um, can have a cause of action against the at-fault party or the wrongdoer um, for what's called office of companionship. And that includes um, really just numerous things, but essentially the change in their relationship as a result of the injuries. For example, um, loss of intimacy due to the injured spouse being in physical pain and not being able to uh, be intimate with their spouse, not being able to help around the house in ways that they used to, and the um, the spouse has to pick up those duties and alter their own schedule. Um, it could include a, a in, an injured person who is terrified of driving um, due to just the PTSD. Yeah, yeah, just the, the fear of... Um, having an accident that could be fatal, that could change the course of their life. Basically, the same thing that's already happened to them, the fear of that happening again. Um, so when that does alter the course of um, their daily lives, alters the their perspective and their personality in, in certain regards, the other spouse has a cause of action um, for loss of companionship. So, and really, you have a valid valid cause of action um, in a lot of cases if you are um, if you are noticing a change in your spouse's personality for example maybe outbursts of anger um, frustration closing in um, depression depression is, is one very common one because that affects that can affect every single aspect of a household it can affect the relationship between one another. It can affect the the couple's social life. If the injured person is unable physically to take part in social activities due to pain, um, doesn't feel like doing anything due to depression, doesn't want to leave the house due to crippling anxiety, like you said, um, just the plethora of negative effects that um, are impossible to predict and that are different for every person that stem from PTSD or um, trauma-related psychological issues. So basically, that's that's the gist of, of this cause of action. And um, it's a really good thing that it is a recognized cause of action, um, both in common law and in South Carolina, it's statutory as well. Um, because it really is the right of a spouse whose life has been impacted Um to hold the at-fault party accountable for that. Um, it's 
a lot of times it doesn't come down just to medical bills. It doesn't come down to just physical impairment from the person that's injured. It comes down to how both spouses' lives have changed completely. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if one spouse is having night terrors after an accident um, or has to, you know, toss and turn in the bed due to feeling pain uh, in most positions that they try to sleep in, and that causes the other spouse to also have many sleepless nights, um, you know, something, I mean, that's just one of many examples. And it's a, it's a pretty broad cause of action. So essentially, it's, there's no specific definition for, for it, but um, the, the wording of the statute is loss of aid, services, society, et cetera. And basically all that comes down to how is your life and your relationship different, aka worse, than it was before this accident happened. Um, so that's, that's just an important thing for, for a spouse to know when, um, when they're experiencing the fallout from, from, uh, the injuries, mental and physical and emotional that their loved ones are experiencing, specifically their spouse. Um, yeah, the, the cause of action is unfortunately only available, uh, for spouses, married couples. So that is one caveat. So where have you seen this kind of loss of companionship come up in cases that you, you've been involved with? Well, uh, psychological injuries and, um, you know, and obviously physical injuries because it, it's really the body and the mind are, are really interconnected in a lot of ways. For example, someone who has been injured and they're no longer to able to go hiking, for example, canoeing, kayaking, Traveling. right? Tra- tra- that's a huge one with that, their significant other. Yeah, with their significant other, um, that their spouse is also really no longer able to do those things. They don't want to do it by themselves. Mm-hmm. It's not enjoyable by themselves. And also, you know, maybe they initially bonded over hiking and it was something they didn't enjoy to do with the family to get away. Maybe they like doing it with friends. Um, and it's no longer an option because extenuating back, circumstances, back pain, yeah. an, you know, ankle surgery, et cetera, you name it. Um, which obviously leads to a feeling of isolation, um, for, for both parties potentially, mm-hmm. um, or at least isolation from, they're just the feeling that they had of interconnectivity and doing these these fun activities where they bonded, maybe isolation from friends that they used to go do these activities with. Um, both of them have lost something that they love to do, um, all in all in one foul swoop. Um, another another one is uh, depression and anxiety and feelings of helplessness that you that both both spouses can experience when one spouse who maybe both spouses are working, maybe the breadwinner is the one who was injured, um, loss of income, you know, that on top of all the economic difficulties, it causes the household and both parties. It also takes away the, from the injured person the, um, the feeling of, sorry about that, the feeling of, you know, your self-worth in a, in a way. A lot of people identify 
as a person with what their employment is. The financial situation. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, so. It's a great factor. Yeah, so, um, and obviously it's entirely natural and even common to become depressed as a result of that. Um, you know, it's something Sadly. that you took pride in. It's how you provided for your family. You can no longer do that, so you feel lost, right? Mm-hmm. And so you talked a lot about the impacts on the relationship when it comes to loss of companionship, but what are the, some of the impacts on the case? Like, is this is this something that can translate to damages? Yeah, yeah. So talk talk to me a little bit about that. How would this affect your case? So now, okay, so we have a loss of companionship. What when does this become a part of the process? Is this something that happens early on? That people- well, it a, a lot of times it it comes in not immediately after the accident, but um, when the case is in litigation. So, so when I uh, take the case over and oftentimes well after that, because you, first of all, um, your people aren't necessarily aware of um, this claim, this cause of action that they have. It's just not something that comes up. Um, But more often it is something that the client is aware of possibly, but it has just taken a little bit of time to really experience that adverse impact to the relationship, to their daily lives, um, to how they interact with one another, to their feelings of companionship and, and happiness, et cetera. It takes a little bit of time from whenever the injury occurs to really realize a year later, it's like, wow, we, um, we lost out we, on all we, this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, because you're just it takes you that time to realize yeah. what you didn't get. Yeah. You're so concerned with, uh, with, you know, doctor's appointments, um, feeling better, trying to keep the bills paid, take the kids to school that it takes, oftentimes it takes quite a bit of time to digest. Wow. You, there's been, a change in the injured spouse's personality mm-hmm. that it hasn't really gotten better. Uh, the depression was there, the caving in, shutting, shutting other people out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just what people do after, after traumatic injuries. Um, it's just natural, naturally how humans react. And when that doesn't go away and it's lingering and there's just that difference in the personality and just that, difference in the relationship that is becoming clearly permanent, God forbid, or something that can be fixed with, you know, mental health treatment, psychiatry, et cetera. Um, but it just takes time to really, to, for that to take shape, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So, so that's, that's, it, it's not always immediately apparent. Sometimes it is some, you know, sometimes it's clear that, um, for example, with, with with immediately apparent permanent disability, um, it's predictable that, for example, maybe the injured spouse will, won't be able to be intimate. Uh, you know, obviously a big problem. Yes, yes, or, and, and also won't be able to help around the house doing the, won't be able to take part and activities that objects of attraction that, that they both might, spou- have, yeah, might have well, agreed upon. Like you well, do this, yeah. I do that, you know, it's usually, well, yeah, balance. but, but, but it just, and get throw that balance off, but other, yeah. But out, outside of, um, those scenarios, um, 
it just takes sometimes it takes some time to to realize that there are lasting um, effects to the relationship. So a, so a lot of what you're talking about almost kind of sounds like loss of enjoyment of life. So where do you draw the line between loss of companionship and loss of enjoyment of life? Well, so th- they're pretty similar, but loss of companionship is, a you know, that's a cause of action for the spouse of the, of the injured individual. So it's pretty similar as far as, so they don't need to be a plaintiff in this case. No, no, they they would. They would be. Okay. Yes, you yes. would add them on. Yeah, yeah. It Even would, if uh, they weren't involved in the accident per se. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, it. That's important distinction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, regardless of, I mean, if that you know they wouldn't. For I mean, if if let's just take the example to a spout, you know, mm-hmm. a couple in a car, they both get injured. Um, you know, they're both plaintiffs. There could also be a loss of consortium claim. Um, but I'm, I'm talking about the scenario where just one After spouse effects. injured in the car. Okay. Um, other per other spouse was at home, was at work. Doesn't matter where they were. They still have a cause of action. If the factors that we've been talking about are present, um, they have a right to compensation because it's injured them as well. Not, not physically per se, but emotionally it's affected their lives. Um, so it so it is pretty similar to loss of enjoyment, but um, what about and, and the yes, kids? they're a named party. What about the kids? So it's like this. So you know, missing out on kids' games is like would that be companionship or is it only for the marriage status? Yeah, of, no. So there, it has to be husband and wife or yeah. There's partner. no no. There, there there it's um there's no loss of companionship um for for children. That that's um even some, if it's some, in a marriage. Even if yeah, it's some a, states have that. It's, I it's loss of filial companionship, I believe. It's just not exactly no, the same. No, but it's... It's not in, what's in, so, in South Carolina, we don't have that. Okay. You, so so a, a child would not um, have a cause of action for that. It's it's loss of companionship between spouses. Is there like a limit for how long you have to have been together? No. So you could, um, is there any advice that you have for somebody whose spouse has been in an accident? The kind of steps they could take, where where you would push them to towards looking at a certain any statute or yeah, well, well, leave that up to whatever attorney you uh, feel comfortable with helping out with your case. But I mean, it's it's something to know about for individuals who have a spouse that is making a claim against an insurance company, corporation, individual, et cetera. Um, it's something to know about in that scenario. Um, also, it's something to know about even if there is not a claim made yet, just something to be aware of. But really, really it pertains to individuals who have already, you know, decided to make a claim, which if, you know, worse comes to worse and, and uh settlement isn't reached, then it'll need to go to litigation, become an actual lawsuit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's important for, for those people to know. Um, but yeah. Well, thank you, Charlie. I really appreciate this information. I think it's going to help a lot of people, especially when they're stuck in a situation that they don't understand, you know, exactly fully what's happened and, and what they can get out of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, um, it's why do you think that there's such a, it's not as well known because it's just so helpful. Well, um, just because it's, I don't know. 
it's I understand the that the reason why people wouldn't necessarily be aware of it. Um, it doesn't really come up. It's more um, it's discussed in law firms and in law school, but you know, it just so so most people, the vast majority of people have never have never heard of that cause of action. But it also completely makes sense and it's um, totally just and fair that that is a cause of action because that is a tangible um, injury to mm-hmm. the the non-injured spouse. I mean, you're you're arguably the most important thing in a family's lives in the household life of a household is the relationship between spouses. I mean, that and the relationship um, between the spouses and the children. I mean, that's everyone would agree that's one of the most important things in life, period. Mm-hmm. So when that becomes, I mean, for lack of better words, kind of a nightmare, um, just having to care for, see your spouse suffer, your personal life suffer, your have to change your work schedule, social Take life, social life costs. changes, social life ends on a lot of cases, um, watching your spouse go through mental health issues, experiencing them yourself. Um, it's terrible. So it makes sense that whoever caused that injury to your spouse that caused all these terrible ancillary effects, um, they should be responsible to compensate you for those injuries. So, so it makes sense. And it's a good thing that it's cause of action. You know, when someone has this loss of companionship, what are their options? What can they do? Well, their options are to, um, you know, this sounds kind of self-serving, but to call an attorney. I mean, <gasps> yeah, no, I, I mean, free consultations. We do it. Other firms do it. You know, a lot of firms do it. Just, just calling to ask. I mean, we pick up the phone and talk to many a people who, you know, we don't make them sign anything, nothing like that. It's just, we want to help. We want to let people know what's going on. Um, so just contact an attorney. If, if you, if you, if your spouse is not in a, in an active claim, um, contact an attorney to, to ask questions and think, um, just to get some ideas about whether, whether your experience is compensable. Um, and also just, if you're, if you have an active claim, it's something to think about and, whoever is representing you, um, mention it to them. And it's, it's not always available as a cause of action. Um, it is limited to situations where, I mean, the, the relationship has to be adversely impacted truly. Um, so it's, you know, it's not difficult to, to establish per se, but, um, there are certain, certain factors that do need to be there. Um, but if essentially, if, if anyone hearing this is wondering whether, um, they have a loss of companionship claim, you probably do. Um, if, so if you have a gut feeling that you do, you probably do. Um, but I mean, short answer is, is there um, any negative reason of just trying? Is there anything? No, 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 no. I mean, if, 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 if there's no claim there, then whatever attorney anyone chooses to contact will just say, probably not a claim there. 
and that's it. If there is a claim there, then you become a party to the lawsuit. And if it's before the lawsuit, then it's just something that an attorney needs to inform whoever they're trying to get to offer a reasonable settlement. It's something to make them aware of, the other side. Hey, listen, it's not as simple as this. There's also another person, another household, who's has just been changed. So, Awesome. Well, I think I understand the loss of companionship a lot better. And uh, thank you for clarifying Thanks, for uh, not only me, but the audience as well. I hope this was helpful, beneficial, and informational to y'all. If you have anything that you want to comment on, reach out to us, please, in the comment section below. Share it with your friends. And thank you so much. We can't wait to send you the next one. Uh, resources about the topic comment. will be in the description below. I have um, a comment for you. Charlie's going to leave us out. I really like your shirt, man. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, Mine's way better, though. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, he's, I'm just kidding, man. He's just, he's, you, talking, he's just a Citadel boy. He, he gets excited. All right. Everyone cut that out. About him. Cut that out. <laughs> Seriously. I'm just kidding. I'm going to keep it in.